The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon and welcome to One Hour at a Time. Recovery begins with education and host Mary Woods is here to educate individuals and families and provide support through the recovery process. Now here's your host, Mary Woods. Hey, good afternoon everybody and welcome to, again to One Hour at a Time. And This is your guest host today, Jonathan Ruthier. Um, today we're talking about authenticity and its role in supporting people's recovery. Um, we're going to be... We're gonna be talking about some key questions like what does it mean to be authentic and how does somebody, um, you know, carry oneself with integrity and how does that relate to their ability to stay sober and recover. Uh, We're really, really excited to have our guest today. Uh, His name is Mark Joseph Williams, and Mark is an expert life and recovery coach who's been known for his ability to help people succeed both personally and professionally. Um, He has more than 25 years of experience in project leadership, uh, in search and human resources consulting, and is on the staff of the Mental Health and Wellness Center Consulting Group, uh, LLC, in Madison, New Jersey. Mark serves as a recovery and sober coach and interventionist and a therapist with a focus on treating the entire family using a case management model with both his internal and external colleagues. Mark is uh, an independent consultant for IE Counseling based in Far Hills, New Jersey, and uh, is a graduate of King's College with a BA in philosophy and Columbia University with an MS in social work. So Mark, it's it's really great to have you on board today. And um, you know, we're talking about a, a subject area that um, you know, maybe not a lot of people know about or think about um, you know, this concept of authenticity. And um, you know, so we're we're glad to be you know able to kind of share that information and talk about what that means for people today. Well, thank you, John. It's, it's wonderful to be with you, and, and, uh, and I have no doubt that we'll have a stimulating conversation. The concept of authenticity really means different things to different people. And, um, you know, maybe you could talk specifically about your definition of authenticity and, and where it fits in recovery. Sure. Well, again, it's a pleasure to be with you, and, and, I, and what I've learned uh, about the authentic road is, is really... Um, how does one really be truthful and transparent and be themselves? And, you know, and that's a, that's a tall order, and it's very complex as well as probably very simple. You know, and, you know, and dealing with life is dealing and managing the ambiguity of life. Mm-hmm. But to cut through all that, to be authentic is really to be oneself and not to be anyone else to be in possession of oneself, to be in possession of one's feelings. And when you put substances into your life and take away um, from living, uh, you know, a full life with, and, you know, and if you're in, in the throes of addiction, you just don't have any chance to be authentic. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's what... Uh, I uh, would love to talk about today, and you know, and and, um, and hopefully your listeners out there can relate to 
to this, and um, and particularly those who are still struggling with with addiction in their own lives as we speak. Right. Yeah, and I think um, you know the the concept of authentic authenticity. It's not often discussed, um, you know, in professional societies or meetings, or you know, it, we talk about sobriety a lot, or we talk about you know um, recovery in terms of you know some sort of a you know certain set of behaviors. But you know, how does authenticity differ from that? Well, it's uh, it's a very good question, and and I think sobriety is kind of goes halfway. I mean, you have to be sober in order to feel, in order to make decisions, in order to live again. But to be authentic is much deeper, and it's on a very very profound, um, complex plane. Uh-huh. You know, where we talk a lot about in the rooms of AA or 12 steps uh, to identify and not compare, for instance. Um, and there are certainly things when people share that you can identify with. But how does it really touch you, though? And what does that really mean? Who are you as a person? You know, and and all the all the upbringing that we've had. Uh, the influences in our lives, uh, be it uh, family, schooling, uh, spiritual, um, church-related, um, work-related, um, mentors that we've had. How does one put all that together and be the person they are? And that authentic person who is that person of truth, that person of character. You mentioned earlier in your introduction, a person of integrity. And I would also add a, uh, a word we don't hear much also, but it's, it's certainly rooted in our philosophy of life, but, but a person of dignity. And what does that mean? Um, how do we achieve that? How do we embrace that? And especially how do we live it as recovered persons? I believe that if one can touch that authentic self in oneself, their sobriety is so much richer. Their life is so much richer. And the people that come into contact with them, you know, it's kind of like in the big book of AA, there's a chapter about the family. And there's no question how we impact families and friends around us because when we pick up and we use and whether it's an opiate whether it's alcohol uh, whether it's marijuana you know to, to abuse it um, prescription drugs whatever it might be to remove ourselves and to numb ourselves we have such an impact on the people around us and that takes that removes us from being authentic it removes us from being who we are and I think underneath that, Jonathan, is fear. I think the root underneath that is that people, myself included for many, many years, fear of being who I am, who I was created to be. Yep. And, and that's, um, that's the real hurdle to get over is that fear. And, uh, and it's interesting what you said. We don't really use the word authentic and integrity and, and, you know, and, and dignity, you know, when we talk about sobriety and 12 steps and 
getting you know getting clean and all that. Yeah. And yet, those are such extraordinarily um, some deep rooted values that have always been there. You know, from the you know from the ages of the philosophers and you know theologians and and. Uh, and, I, and quite honestly, I think Bill, Will, Bill Wilson understood this, um, you know, in, in the early days of, of when he and others were writing the big book and the 12 steps, um, you know, the influences they, they had. I mean, one influence in particular was Carl Jung, you know, an uh-huh. extraordinary um, psychoanalyst who believed in the complexity of the gift, you know, the gift of sobriety. That it wasn't hardly, you know, couldn't explain it that well. So there was something beyond, you know, we talk about a higher power, and, you know, you don't have to be, you know, a real believer, but there's something that transcends us, right? And, and Jung believed that, and Jung believed that AA, in, in the early, particularly in the early days, that they were, they were touching something. There was something uh, much more meaningful about life. And, and I think that gets to the core of authenticity that gets to the yeah. core of, a, of, a, of the complex human beings we are. Well, I think you're, talk, you're, you're really describing uh, as well sort of the spiritual nature of recovery. And, you know, I think, um, I know I've heard, you know, again, I've heard the term authenticity defined in different ways, but, you know, one of the, one of the ways that I think really makes the most sense is, you know, this is just a, a perfect match between what's on your inside and what's on your outside. You know, like what people see is what's going on for you. And, and also, you know, the, that sort of transparency, like there's, there's connection, there's connectedness between your outside face, your inside experience. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. And, you know, when someone says, you know, you know, to get well, you have to be totally honest, you know, well, I don't even know if you need the word totally. How does one just be honest? Right. You know, <laughs> and, when you're, and when you're honest, you have that bridge of what you just said as far as that inner and outer self. Yeah. And there is, you know, at least in my recovery and my work with people, uh, and I respect their, you know, their faith backgrounds and their traditions, but I would be remiss if I did not enter into a road of a spirituality uh, that there is something greater than us. And, um, and, and again, respectful of, of people's beliefs and traditions, but that um, there is, there is a, you know, much more depth uh, that's involved. And I think you're right. I think there is that, that, that bridge, if you will, between the inner and outer self. And if there's, and if, and if one can find that, I think one really then discovers the fruits of an authentic life, an honest life, uh, a life where there is, you know, very little. I mean, it's hard to have absolutely no fear or anxiety um, because, because life happens. But people know when you're, at least my experience has been when people are around others, who are in possessions of, possession of themselves, that they feel strong, that they feel like whatever they're articulating is, is what they really truly believe, and they're just, they're, it just shines through. It's their character shines through. Mm-hmm. And I, I've seen this in, in business life. I've seen it in my family life. I've certainly seen it in the rooms of recovery over many, many years of being a recovered person. 
and then also my work in, as an executive coach and life coach and sober coach and recovery. Um, it's 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 the joy people feel when they they have that um, freedom, if you will, that kind of that freeing experience. Right. And I think that's what um, the road to living a re- an authentic life is all about. When people can really feel that freedom. Yeah, it's about getting to that that's that place where you're comfortable in your own skin. You know that what's coming out of your mouth and what people see in your behavior is a match between what your values and um, and I think there's a lot uh, you know a lot more to talk about with this and um, yeah. we're going to do that right after our commercial break here and for our listeners we'll be back here in about two more minutes. listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, family center recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders. Much of the time, the illnesses that people feel are simply symptoms and they mask the root cause of what the real health problem is. You can take back control of your own health, starting with billionaire health care. This program is hosted by Ashley Black, Our program will introduce you to fascia, which is the knowledge of the living matrix. This bit of knowledge can bring you the health secrets that only the rich and famous have known until now. Listen Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. We are bombarded daily with information about beauty products and anti-aging treatments. Do you know how they have been tested? Are they truly going to make a change? Or just take the change out of your pocket. Tune in to Shelly's Show and Tell with host Shelly Hancock. We'll bring you the top-rated skincare products and treatments tested by Real Transformation Skin Care Centers. We'll motivate you to make the best changes. Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guest, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. And welcome back, everyone, to One Hour at a Time. This is Jonathan Ruthier, your guest host for today. And we're talking about uh, living a life of recovery and the concept of authenticity uh, and how it supports recovery uh, and what it really means to, to be living an authentic life, um, to be carrying oneself with integrity 
and how, you know, how that relates to being sober and recovering. Uh, our, our guest today is Mark Joseph Williams, who's an expert life, co- life coach and recovery coach. Uh, and Mark has, uh, you know, studied this area, but and also done a lot of work with his own clients about, you know, in their recovery journeys, um, helping them to understand the role of authenticity in recovery. You know, as we were talking earlier, Mark, <clears throat> it occurred to me that um, the concept of authenticity really is woven throughout uh, the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, the 12 steps of Al-Anon, uh, the 12 steps of a lot of different programs. And, uh, you know, a key component uh, to working a 12-step program is, you know, being able to... Um, you know, be able to, to be open to both your your strengths as well as your character defects, and mm-hmm. to be able to talk about those with other people. And you know, so I just uh, I just wonder what you know uh, what role you see authenticity playing in in twelve steps. Well, it's a great question, and and and, and the answer to that is is uh, abundantly I see it uh, playing into the twelve steps, and. You know, and just kind of thinking about it for a moment, you know, at the heart of the 12 steps, when when people um, really do the heavy lifting, you know, in that fourth step and doing a certain, you know, uh, you know moral inventory and real, uh, real soul searching, if you will, and then being able to communicate that to a human being, a trusted, somebody you would trust, um, to share your life with, if you will, and all those character defects. Um, and how is that connected to authenticity? Well, you know, one of the things that I think is so uh, much a part of that whole process and that cleansing, if you will, is um, what I call the absolute critical journey one must take in, in forgiveness and to forgive oneself as well as to forgive others. Um, and that's not easy, uh, but what I've experienced um, in my own life and working with, with folks is that, um, you know, forgiving others or, or even, even putting it in other words, refusing to judge people in the first place um, is really a win-win in life. Mm-hmm. Um, but yet we do that so easily. You know, we, you know, we talk a lot about in the 12 steps of resentments yep. and holding on to resentments <clears throat> and how resentments strangle us. Um, and this is so true in family life and, you know, in family dysfunction and and holding on to old stuff that people hold on to for, and some people never let go. They just hold on to it the rest of their lives. And these wounds continue. And yet, I think if you really are able to do a fourth and fifth step and to move towards removing those character defects and asking your higher power to remove them and, and to, to make the amends, um, it's really all about forgiveness. It's all about letting go, mm-hmm. and and um, and I think that has to do that has to you know that's kind of related to authenticity is really having a oneness with all things. You think about that for a moment—a mm-hmm. oneness with all things, where you can feel free to to tell another human being 
the exact nature of, uh, of his or her wrongs, uh, my wrongs, and what I really feel guilty about, what I really feel that I need to, to let go of, cleanse myself of, you know? Right. And at the same time, if you really feel that people have hurt you in your life, who have um, crossed you in any way, um, to somehow find the courage and the strength to let that go and to forgive. I have found so much healing um, is, is so abundant when people can get and to that place. I know I have in my own life. To be able to let go of, of um, situations, and, and uh, oftentimes it's been involved with people who have, have hurt me, and, and what I did in my own recovery, uh, before recovery, was I drank a lot. I mean, I was a daily drinker myself, Jonathan, for 35 years. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I know that I removed myself because I didn't want to face that pain. I didn't want to face, so I numbed myself. I, you know, we talk about self-medication a lot, right, in the, um, right. you know, in, in uh, addiction. Well, it's true. We, we do self-medicate. Um, and so it's easier to, to say, okay, I'm going to put a shield around, <laughs> around my life. I don't want to go there. But once you remove that alcohol or that substance and you let it go and you feel raw, you feel naked to life, and you have the, you have the, you know, the blessing of a, of a great sponsor who can, who can really uh, bring you through um, you know, that, um, um, that, that journey, mm-hmm. then it really is... Um, an opportunity to really be authentic, right? An opportunity to be honest, and that really is something that um, I have found um, is rooted in the art of forgiving. And you know, I, and that you know that forgiveness leads to to the authenticity that we've talked about uh, you know, over the last yeah. few minutes. Because there's a feeling of sort of peace and, and release of the, you know, all the sort of built-up emotion that goes with having to look at one's own behavior and one's own choices and, and the impact that that's had on other people, right? And I think, you know, you know one thing that's sort of one question that I that sort of comes to mind for me is, you know, for people who are in early recovery, who are just, you know, uh, struggling, um, you know, in their first few days or first few weeks of sobriety even, you know this this concept of authenticity probably feels pretty scary. And you know, you mentioned the word fear, and I just I just wonder mm-hmm. what you know what that's like for people in, in the, that are sort of just starting out. And you know, maybe there's a reason why this this part of the twelve step programs was put like you know after the first three parts, right? So yeah, right. you know that. that um, but you know, can you talk a little bit about you know about your experience in working with people in early sobriety and, and what the concept of authenticity is like for them? Well, yeah, it's a great question, and 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 you're right. It's it's like it's like foreign soil to to people. Um, what does that mean? You know, what are you what are you talking about? You know, um, you know, it, you know, when when people are just so coming in to um, you know sobriety and, and trying to just put the drink down or put the drug down, it's uh, very very hard. And there and and oftentimes, as you know, people are in such denial. 
and uh, and they're scared and they're frightened and they're anxious and uh, what I think this is where where I think this is the, the the truly the gift of the fellowship, particularly for people in early sobriety. When people, you know, they talk about just, you know, makers meetings make it, just show up, uh, keep coming, you know, all those kind of lines that you hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what is so, but they're so true. They're so true. So when, you know, younger people, I'm, I'm amazed, for instance, you know, I didn't come into the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous myself until I was 47 years of age. Right. I'm, I can't believe some of the young people that come in. Today, I, I mean, I can't imagine myself coming in, you know, in my early twenties. <laughs> right. Uh, but 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 people do, and and I just and I and I just say, geez, they have such a, you know, if they can stay with it, they have such a life ahead of them, you know, right. where they can feel peace, they can feel an inner peace, they can feel the authentic uh, journey, uh, that they can be themselves, uh, whatever that is in their careers, etc. But I think to your question is, is they, if people can sort of touch the authenticity of others in the rooms, the fellowship, I think that's the gift where it, it, it's hard to explain. And this is kind of going back to young, you know, when uh, uh, I remember uh, reading something where uh, a very, very severe alcoholic patient went to him. And, and this is somebody early on who was getting involved with AA and, and starting to heal. And Young would, you know, just, and he couldn't explain it. But he says, whatever you have, hang on to it because it's a gift. And just hang on to it. And so there, you know, is that a spiritual, you know, dynamic going on? Is it, is it the power of the fellowship? Is it some, you know, people helping one another out? It's probably all the above. Right, but I think if people stay with it, you start to hear the stories. Um, I was at a, a, a an anniversary meeting the other day, um, and it was and it ranged from ninety days to forty three years. Mm-hmm. And wow! The, and the and the guy who spoke last at forty three years, uh, a wonderful man, and he talked about having two lives. Mm-hmm. You know, a life before sobriety and a life after sobriety. Right. And, and he says, I still don't understand it fully. But I kept coming around and I kept learning from everyone else. Right. And when I think that's, that gets to the meat of your question. If, you, if you're willing, you know, we talk about willingness, right? But if you're yep. willing to learn from others, then you're, then you're willing to forgive. You're willing to look at yourself. That's the need. That's that. Uh, that is the steps. That's that is the beauty, and the mastery of the of the twelve steps. I mean, and and the prose that's in the twelve step. I mean, and it's beautifully written. If anybody out there listening has never read the twelve steps, I mean, sit down and just read the twelve steps as if you were reading a novel. I mean, the prose is extraordinary, and yet within that prose, it's real life stuff. I mean, it, it is absolutely real life stuff, and. And, you know, I, I've heard recently that there's a move to, you know, that, that they think some of the language is dated in today's, you know, 21st century. I, I hope it never changes. I just think, I just think that the, you know, uh, you know, maybe, you know, arguably, you know, some of the language could be a little bit more inclusive. But I think it, um, I think it's so, 80 years later, it still fits. 
Yeah, um, no, absolutely. It, really does. it does, and, and I, I mean, I would, uh, I would lean toward agreeing with you on that. I think, um, you know, the, you know, the steps are such an important tool, and, and they say so much. I mean, they're so carefully written, um, you know, that, uh, you know, they really. I hope they don't change either. So, you know, when we come back from the break, we're going to talk more about, you know, what that experience is like for people when they, uh, when they start to explore this concept of uh, authenticity and integrity and, and, um, you know, what that, you know, what are some of the hurdles that people come across in their recovery process when, when doing this work? And we'll be back in a couple of minutes, uh, right here on Voice America Wellness Channel. listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, family-centered recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Every day, you hear so much about different aspects of the health and wellness field. One day, you hear one thing, and the next day, you hear something that contradicts what you heard the day before. How do you know what's right? Try tuning in to The Cutting Edge of Health and Wellness today with Dr. Neil Nathan. Our goal is to educate and explore this field with guest experts in order to help you take control of your health and well-being. Listen Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guests, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. Hey, good afternoon and welcome back, everybody, to One Hour at a Time. This is Jonathan Ruthier, your guest host for today's show. And we've been talking with Mark Joseph Williams, who's an expert life and recovery coach, a consultant, um, and uh, uh, certainly a well-established uh, professional trainer and psychotherapist. And uh, you know, we've been talking about this, this concept of authenticity and recovery and how to help people embrace authenticity. You know, um, and earlier we talked about sort of what it's like for people in, in early sobriety and early recovery. And I know that, you know, in some of the work that, that we do here at Westbridge and uh, that, you know, other places experience, 
sometimes people get to a point in their recovery where they, they start to feel a little lost. Like they were living a, you know, they, you might hear people saying things like, I lived a lie for so long, I don't know what I can actually believe from myself anymore. Um, I've been living, you know, a dishonest life and now I, you know, I don't, I don't know how to be fully honest or I don't know, you know, please teach me how to, uh, you know, give up this, this past of mine or, or this, this habit I have to keep trying to protect myself or protect my, my disease, uh, you know, um, you know, by, by living a double life. So, you know, Mark, what, what's your experience in, in helping people through those hurdles and, and helping them to understand really and embrace uh, the value of authenticity? Well, it's a very, it's a great question, and and it's um, and it's also um, probably um, a complex answer. But I'll try to simplify it, you know, because uh, everybody's um, situation is unique. You know, I, years ago, and I can't remember where this was, but it used to be a like a, I don't know if it was a bumper sticker, but you know, but uh, it was very common when. You would you would you would see this you know today is the first day of the rest of your life, yeah you know quote unquote and uh, you know it seemed like a very simple saying, but it really is true, um, and and yet that's the real difficulty for people. Um, how do you let go? And again, going back to what I said earlier, you know, in forgiveness and forgiving oneself. Letting go of the lie. Um, uh, years ago, there was um, <clears throat> he passed away probably about 15 years ago. But there was a psychologist by the name of M. Scott Peck who wrote, you know, the road less traveled. But the other book that is probably not as um, well known, he wrote a book called People of the Lie. And, uh, and 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 basically, what he was talking about was. Um, that we all have that tendency to skirt the issue, to lie, really, to hide out, um, to um, you know, not come clean, and and when we have that kind of um, history, it's very hard to let it go and to say, "Geez." Um, how do I how do I move away from that? I mean, that's who I always was, and I hear this often in the rooms when people kind of share and and, I, and they just, and they're feeling guilty and they're feeling so you know down and out, and yet if if one can let that go, and particularly as people get older, let it go and to realize that those experiences, you know. Um, are there they're part of our history but they don't have to they don't have to make or break us now they've they've helped shape us oftentimes not for the good mm-hmm. uh, but I think if we can learn from them and um, you know I can say personally myself um, I I have four children and I have two grandchildren now yeah you know, particularly my four children my wife of nearly 35 years my relationship there's no price tag on my relationship now as a sober man for the last uh, better part of uh, 13 years Mm -hmm. Um, because they knew me when I 
was not as truthful as I should have been or I was not coming home when I should have come home and things like that because I was drinking and all that and, 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 and living a lie oftentimes. But now, because I've been able to share, come clean, um, live, a li- live a life of honesty and authenticity, um, go to a lot of meetings, uh, do a lot of speaking commitments, sponsor people, uh, as well as my work as a recovery coach and doing interventions. There's no, there's just no price tag to the difference of the life. And I think if people can get to that place, and I've seen this even with executives that I work with, who have high, very, very um, prominent positions in corporate life, etc., but but are oftentimes some of them are addicts and alcoholics, and uh, they're they're so much more effective as business men and women because they've been able to embrace sobriety and to let go of the old behavior mm-hmm. that they walk into a room now, uh, you know, a very high powered room of some kind, and leading a meeting, and their their character shines through. They're different, you know. They're 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 present. You know, maybe that's the best way to put it. They're present. How does one be present? Yeah. You know, and what does that mean when people see that in oneself? And I I I I always marvel at that when I experience people who are just present with me. You know, it's who they are. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, when we put when we put so much substances in our in our bodies, our bodies weren't, I don't think, if we believe in God or higher power, created us to put all this stuff in us. You know, it certainly didn't, I don't think I was created to put, you know, alcohol in my system for 35 years straight. Right. You know, you know, I mean, you know, and I, and, and, and I was not a, uh, a social drinker, as it were, you know, or, you know, a glass of red wine a day drinker, you know, that's good for your heart, sort of, you know, we've heard that too. Right. Um, you know, I abused it. Yep. Um, and it was, it was over the top. And, and my body adapted, which happens, you know, biochemistry, it happens over, the, over time. You, you learn, your body learns to adapt, and, uh, but, but, it's, uh, but as you get older, uh, I, I was at a lecture recently, for instance, where the bio, you know, biochemistry-wise, uh, as you get older, you, you have less water in your system. Mm-hmm. And this is a, it's an epidemic that's happening now with older baby boomers who are, who, who are addicts. Um, the, with the less water biochemically can't break down the alcohol or the substances as it once did when you were as a younger person. So, right. so what happens is that they, you know... Um, they experience the effects uh, that much more than others, and uh, <laughs> and it's very interesting. Um, so I'm so long-winded answer to your question, but I think if people can let go of that lie, let go of that past, don't regret it. We hear that. Don't regret it because it, it helps shape us. And but to learn from it and to say, "Gee, yeah, I, uh, uh, I got you know, I can't, I can't beat myself up for that. I have to learn from it and I have to move forward. And today is the first day of the rest of your life. 
You know, we talk right. about one day at a time. It's another way of putting it. Yeah. Um, but it really is true. It's been true in my life and true with most of the people that I work with. I mean, you know, I can't, uh, not that I'm a savior. I mean, not everybody, you have to be willing to get well. And, and, um, and I realize that I can't, uh, I can only try to facilitate and make suggestions and, and even in the therapeutic process do that. Uh, right. People have to, at some, at some point, people have to make a decision to say, geez, okay, I got it stepped up. I got to step up to the plate. You know, and people are trying to help me here, and I got to make, I got to make some decisions about my life, and uh, and that's that's letting go of that lie as we is uh, I think is is really critical. Yep. Well, and I think that you know that's a that's a moment in time where you start to see things shift for people, right? That there's, you know, um, it's almost like you, you can almost see a sort of a a. Um, uh, you know, a layer of humility being laid on someone's shoulders, you know, when they've gotten to that point to say, okay, i got to give this up. I have to stop this life, stop, you know, living two lives. I've got to be who I am, and i got to stop living in the past and, and worrying and regretting and resenting. And you know, um, Yeah, I had a, you know, I had a dear friend in the rooms of AA. Uh, unfortunately, uh, this past January, passed away. It was tragic. He he slipped and fell down his stairs, and, and he was sober for many years. He was clean, and, and he used to talk about <clears throat> how, and he, he was very, really believed in God and a higher power, and, and how he used to talk about and share in the rooms how um, uh, that for him, his higher power set him free, you know, and you know, in that in that third step, and, and then when he did the other work, but he really always came back to that spiritual side. And even on his little mass, you know, his little card, you know, when you go to the funeral parlor, he talked, you know, he was right on the back of it, you know, and, and he talked about, again, don't grieve for me because I've been set free. He was talking about his life of sobriety um, and the complexity of that now of being, you know, unfortunately, dying too young of a man. And I think he was 52 years of age. Right. Um but he had felt the freedom, even even you know, and he's ultimately free now, and he believes that, and I believe that he, you know, and what it was written on his card here, and then I went to the service. But he believed that when he, when he was alive and sharing in the rooms that he felt the freedom, right? That he, had, you know, that he had put down the he, he put the cork in the bottle, and yeah. and he felt that freedom. Now you talk about. Um you know how how does one achieve their right of dignity? You want can you say more about that? Sure. Um, you know, Dick. You know, we're all. You know, I I really believe this, and and um, and I don't want to make this into any uh, political discussion, <laughs> but. <laughs> but I you know we could easily, but I won't go there. But I think, but but at the heart of. Of, of any person's journey is their inherent right um, to be to enjoy a dignified life and what does that mean yep. you know what does dignity mean well dignity means to be respected it means that um, one he or she was created in the image of 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 a creator, and you know that's in the literature of even in AA. You hear that, you, you know, we, they use the word creator. 
So everybody, regardless of their circumstance, um, and there is a human being, and a human being absolutely unequivocally <coughs> should experience the dignity that they deserve. And that comes from others. Mm-hmm. You know, and, um, you know, people of color, people of different sexual orientation, uh, people of different ethnicities, there is no discrimination in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous or, or Al-Anon or N.A. It, it's it's an, an extraordinary when you think about the fellowship. Right. You know, it really is all-inclusive. Right. And meaning all-inclusive, it means that everyone who walks in that room has the right to be there because of their own inherent dignity, their own inherent dignity because they're a human being. Right. And a human being who has strayed, arguably, uh, and that's why they're there to get help and why they go to your place in Westbridge or others um, to, to, yep. to, to clean themselves out and to, to be in a safe place and to, to experience sober living with other human beings, you know, whatever it is. Um, well, and it's truly a gift to be able to see somebody, you know, when they've, when they've reached that point where they, they accept their own dignity and, uh, and are sort of, you know, again, sort of living truly the same on the inside and out. And um, when we come back from our next break, we'll talk a little bit more about that. And uh, to our listeners, thank you. We'll be back in just a couple minutes. Thank you. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence based practices, consensus practices, and old fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, family-centered recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders. Step by step, you made it through the journey of pregnancy. Now your baby is in your arms and you're on the cusp of a new journey, breastfeeding. As a new parent, you receive a lot of advice, much of it conflicting, some of it outdated. Tune into Born to be Breastfed with host Marie Biancuso to bust through the myths about feeding your baby. Marie and her guests will help you figure out what you can expect and put you on the best and surest path on your breastfeeding journey. Listen every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Helping you make informed decisions for your life. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. 
You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guest, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. And welcome back to One Hour at a Time, everybody. This is your guest host, Jonathan Ruthier. And our guest today is Mark Joseph Williams, an expert life and recovery coach. And we're talking about um, the, the value and, and uh, importance of living an authentic life for recovery. And so just before the break, we, we were um, you know, having a little bit of discussion about dignity and um, you know, how, you know, how people um, really can... Um, uh, enhance their own recovery by looking at these concepts and, and really be uh, carrying themselves, you know, in a way that's different. Um, so, you know, Mark, tell us a little bit more about your experience with that. Yeah, and I think um, to add to that, uh, Jonathan, you know, one of the things I was thinking about, and, and again, it's inherent in the steps, you know, it may not be used, the word may not be used, uh, but I think it's, it transcends um, all the steps and, and the life of recovery, and that is self-respect. You know, and, and how does one feel their own self-respect and their own self-worth? You know, and I think if, and that's where everybody is entitled, and I think this is an entitlement, and I mean entitlement in a good way, you know, in the dividends of entitlement, is, yep. is to feel worthy, to feel as if, their humanness, their their life as a human being has worth. And that's the dignified um, um, value, if you will. And that's, again, that's, that's the authentic, that's, the, that's true authenticity. You know, if, right. if one feels self-respect and self-worth, and, and the steps are full of that, you know, the journey of the steps, and they're ordered for a reason from 1 to 12, and then you start all over, and as it were, um, because they're all linked. It's, it's a wonderful thread of life that the right. steps have been written for, for us, and, and to live, to live the steps, you know, and I think it's not just something, uh, you know, to, to read out loud and to read them, but it's really to live them. And I think into living the steps is really to living and to believing and embracing um, one's self-worth. And that's dignity. That's, that's feeling dignity. And, and people who, who don't judge you. That's the one thing I think is so wonderful about recovery. Um, I think for the most part, you know, at least I've experienced this, certainly how I try to work, is that there's no judgment. Right. You know, there's no judgment. You know, wherever you're at, wherever you are, this time in your life, um, you have value, you have self-worth, you have self-respect, and you have courage if you're making the decision to be willing to surrender, to say, I need help, to say, you know, in the fellowship, uh, or to go to a place like your place, or to go into a an IOP or a therapist or, or a residential place, say, I'm, I'm, I need to let this go now. <laughs> I need a new life. <laughs> right. You know, I want a new life, and I don't want a life of, uh, of addiction. Right. You 
Well, and I think, you know, addiction robs people of their dignity and robs people of their, um, you know, their, their sense of self-worth and connectedness to a higher power and, and, you know, the process of sort of coming back to life. I mean, really, if you think about recovery, it's, it's about coming back to life and, um, you know, to a life that, again, where you feel connected and, uh, and at peace and, you know, at one with yourself and, um, you know, there, there's, you, you can't put, you can't list a specific set of behaviors that get you there, um, you know, or, or, or that display that. It, it, there's an internal experience, a lived experience inside, you know, that, um, that people, you know, go through when they're, when they finally have sort of reached that, that level of understanding and appreciation and, and reconnectedness. Yeah, I read a book years yeah. ago, uh, a, a, a kind of a healing book, healing journeys book, and I remember the title was in, was the title was embracing the exile. And you think about that, embracing the exile. I mean, how many people who are in the throes of addiction feel like they are in exile? You know, they're they're not part of something. They feel so alone. And if you make a decision to uh, let go, let go of the lie, attempt to embrace an authentic life, enjoy the possibility of of a fellowship of people helping you. You don't have to feel like an exile anymore. You can feel apart. You can feel connected again. Mm-hmm. And I think that is really the joy of recovery. If people can yeah. get there, and, uh, and I know I have in my life. And like I shared earlier, I'm, I'm a little bit younger than the guy who has 43 years. Right. When he when he talked about having two lives, I really feel that myself. Yeah. And you know, you you know, there was a before and after. Right. And and the after though takes work. You got to do it. You got to stay with it. You got to you know stay the course. Uh, and uh, but but it pays great dividends if you do. Uh, right. You just feel you you feel. Much you feel a human being again, and what you were you're meant to be, and uh, and I think that that's uh, it's a great opportunity. Well, that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Great you know, opportunity. It's all about. Yeah. They, so um, you know we're, we've got just about a minute left, and yeah. I, you know want to first thank you for for being on the show today. I uh, really enjoyed our our conversation, and I know our listeners got a lot out of it. And you know maybe you could tell us a little bit more about uh, how they could get in touch with you or find out more information about the work you're doing. Absolutely. Uh, you had mentioned uh, who we are at the, at the top of your show, uh, uh, the Madison Health and Wellness Center. Uh, we are. In, we also have a, um, a consulting arm called Wizard Consulting Partners, uh, where we do a lot of our case management work, if you will, in recovery. Mm-hmm. And the best way to reach us is through our our founder and managing director. Her name is Dorothy O'Keefe Diana, and her phone number is two zero one seven eight eight three one eight nine. Again, 201-788-3189, and that's Dorothy's number. Um, we have a team approach um, to our work. We have a, four of us who work, and we have a, a, a real neat boutique uh, uh, recovery center. Yep. We do a lot of work with um, many people externally to, to get people into treatment. And one of the things, one of the core businesses that we have, and we really believe, we, you know, we're really good at it, and, and we really 
uh, thrive, and that is uh, with interventions. Uh, we, uh, we're persons of recovery, very experienced therapists and interventionists, uh, all, all highly trained, and, um, and we're there to help people with interventions um, and families out there, uh, loved ones, uh, uh, corporations, um, different organizations, if you have an employee, um, school, you know, we, we're, we're able to kind of parachute in and, and, and help with interventions. Thanks, Mark. And, you know, I, uh, again, I just want to thank you so much for coming on the show. We're just about out of time. So to thanks. our listeners, thanks for being here. We'll see you again next Monday, 3 o'clock Eastern Time, here at One Hour at a Time. We appreciate you joining us today for One Hour at a Time. Successful recovery from a substance abuse problem or mental illness depends on education and support of loved ones. Thank you for being that support system. Be sure to tune in next week for another hour of education and compassion. One hour at a time. We'll see you next week.